Listen today as Dr. Kashi explores the dynamic between language, influence, and the anatomy of getting offended. The Good Doctor sheds light on how your response to offensive language can either reinforce destructive patterns or pave the way for constructive outcomes. Roll the intro! Welcome to <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. <clears throat> I'm offended. I am offended and hurt and offended and hurt. People are easily offended now. People are easily offended now. Is this thing on? I think it is. Okay. Rather, they are becoming increasingly easy to offend. Culture has developed such that being offended by something, a conscious choice, by the way, justifies the placement of strict enforcement of limited speech practices, also known as censorship. Also known as censorship. This is puzzling for a few reasons. All right, it's puzzling for a few reasons, and today's lesson is separate from that confusion. The main point is that Offensive language, offensive language, rather language which when you hear it, you give yourself permission to throw a tantrum, is a good opportunity to learn about, practice, and master the so-called continuum of influence. The continuum of influence. Get the whiteboard of wisdom out here. Okay. Thinking caps on. Thinking caps on. Here goes. With some stuff, you have a high degree of influence over what happens, okay? So here is your influence line. Mmm, high degrees of influence, all right? With other stuff, you have low degrees of influence. Specified by the arrow going the other way. Low influence, high influence, right? With the rest of the stuff, you have the rest of the degrees of influence. Mm, okay, there you go. The continuum of influence, okay? Essentially, probability rules, but you still have a say. Probability rules, but you still have a say. So it behooves you to spend your resources in alignment with your degree of influence, all right? That is to say, the more influence you have over something, the more influence you have over something, the more sense it makes to influence that thing on purpose. Like what you put in your body, for instance. The things you read, the music you listen to, the things you drink, what you eat, etc. All right? The less influence you have over something, the less influence you have over something, the less sense it makes to try and influence it. Like what other people think and say. Where your influence, you know is practically speaking zero, okay? If you think one person can offend another person, put down a one. If you think people interpret what other people do as offensive, then put down a zero, okay? If you think one person can offend another person, then put down a one. If you think people interpret what other people do as offensive, then put down a zero, okay? 
please feel free to swap between the like during the lesson you can swap the number during the lesson that's cool that's the entire point you'll probably feel both ways such is the continuum of influence all right oh swapping to science mode here one moment Swapping to science mode. Okay. This is the anatomy of thinking and acting offendedly. As the title of this lesson hints, it is a three-step process. A three-step process you might recognize from other lessons, albeit in a different form, such as the comprehensive nature of TKN's methodology, right? So here's the anatomy and physiology of being offended. Dr. Cashy style, all right? Step number one. Stimulus. A person makes noises with their face. Mm, stimulating. Step two. Step two. Response. You make noises with your face. Mm. Step three. Outcome. Oh, your response rewards the other person increasing their desire to make noises with their face even more. Congratulations. Congratulations. You are now offended. Science mode off now. Phew. Right. Okay. To all this stuff, it may seem apparent that the answer is to stop caring what other people think. Uh, whatever that means. That's foolish and absurd. It's more likely a person is a psychopath and a schizophrenic and therefore ignorant to or have a limited understanding of what other people think more than anyone else actually has a legitimate chance of not caring what other people think. Why? Well, what people think and say about you does matter to some degree. So for the sake of efficiency, it's okay to skip the question. Do you care what other people think about you? Because you do. Humans do. It's the way she goes. All right. If you're looking for proof, then uh, you do things for other humans. Ta-da! Okay. In other words, you have an ethic of sorts and follow a code of conduct. It's a marker of human civilization. Caring what other people think and acting in alignment with that caringness is a marker of civility. Acting civilly is practically relevant and sometimes, many times, acting civil feels frustrating. Especially if somebody else appears to be acting something other than civil. Hmm. So you conduct yourself in accordance to that ethic. And since humans are fallible, that behavior, even if it's good, is within a range of acceptableness. And eventually there are times where that behavior is bad, where your behavior is bad. My behavior is bad. If accidentally or purposefully and was it within the range of unacceptableness. That's the way she goes. It's the way she goes. Now, since caringness is a conditional requirement of, among many other things, civility, then to some degree, people act in one way or others as motivational stimuli, okay? Something a person supposedly thinks or says or does will invariably stimulate you, okay? And in many cases, this is a frustrating stimulus. And as luck would have it, a frustrating stimulus is more likely to shrink the gap between stimulus and response. Okay. A frustrating stimulus is more likely to shrink the gap between stimulus and response. R. 
The smaller that space is, the harder it is to do smart stuff and the easier it is to do dumb stuff, okay? Therefore, a frustrating stimulus cultivates a person's impulsivity, their urgency to respond so that they can avoid the stimulus, thus increasing their chances of a destructive outcome at O, right? They are avoiding the stimulus rather than resolving it, more likely to have a destructive outcome at O, which causes more of the same problems. It's its own frustrating stimuli, okay? Rather than resolve the stimulus, okay? And that would indicate a more constructive outcome and another SRO cycle would, down, would, would occur down below with a new and different challenge, okay? In other words, a frustrating stimuli, especially when that frustrating stimulus is apparently another human, it's quite motivating. It's quite motivating and often cultivates motivation to do dumb stuff. Sometimes that dumb stuff is overeating and overdrinking as a response to the stimulus of other people, all right? Because maybe other people push you at social events, family events, work events, holidays, etc. Okay? Sometimes that dumb stuff is overeating and overdrinking because of what people say or might be saying about you. Might prompt you to overeat or overdrink. Sometimes that dumb stuff is overeating and overdrinking because of what people think about you or might be thinking. Like I said, maybe it's strange body language. Maybe it's criticism. Maybe it's an outright insult. Hmm? Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe it's something foolish like overeating and overdrinking to help keep you, to help keep you from bashing their heads in. Where eating is a civil way to distract yourself from doing other things to them. Or maybe it's a civil way to distract yourself from hurting yourself. Hmm. Eating and drinking are socially acceptable ways of winding down, distracting, self-medicating because of life's frustrating stimuli. Okay? Even if, especially if, that frustration is apparently coming from other people. In other words, it's a way to stay civil and sane, even if it's at the cost of your mind and body becoming fatter and sicker and more miserable so that you can stay sane and losing your sanity all the while. Hmm? So if you have frustrating stimuli that are, that are other people and maybe you have a socially acceptable eating and drinking in order to self-medicate, wind down and stay sane, well, might be at the cost of your mind and body, okay? And misery to stay sane losing your sanity all the while, going back to be its own frustrating stimulus, okay? This lesson is about dealing with people who push your buttons, the buttons that motivate you to do dumb stuff at the cost of your mind and body, a lesson where some old school mentors of yours truly come back into the fold, okay? Now, Epictetus is a smidge over 2,000 years old, but after spending a you know, a lifetime essentially as a slave and being permanently disfigured by the slave owner, you'll be able to see how and why Epictetus' Stoic philosophy is the inspiration for TK's rational and constructive phrase, it's the way she goes. It's the way she goes. So to paraphrase Epictetus' Enchiridion, if somebody speaks ill of you or somebody tells you another speaks ill of you, then keep your defenses to yourself and answer. That's cute. Imagine if you knew what was actually wrong with me. You could have come up with something good then. Too bad. Hmm? If you take yourself too seriously, then 
then any conflict, just about any conflict with what you want is offensive. And you'll likely act in an impulsive and sabotaging way, okay? If you take yourself too seriously, then any conflict with what you want is a frustrating stimulus. And you'll likely act in an impulsive and sabotaging way as a response to your continuous frustration, leading to more destructive outcomes, okay? Some insulting things that are, that are, some insulting things are constructive in their criticality. Even, even if they're meant to be by the other person, they're meant to be destructive. Some harsh opinions do have a grain of truth of them divorced from their intent to frustrate. Some insulting things are destructive in their criticality, even if meant to be by the other person as constructive. The only thing that makes those mouth noises an insult is if you tell a person either by what you say or by what you do that you are insulted. Since the purpose is to goad you into a response indicating that you are insulted, then the more insulted you think and feel and act, the more rewarding it is for the person that's doing the insulting. And more important, if you act in a self-sabotaging way, somebody frustrates you as a frustrating stimulus, and then you respond in a self-sabotaging way, perhaps later to wind down, to de-stress, to distract yourself possibly by eating and drinking so that you, know, you can keep yourself from doing those other things, whatever those things may be, perhaps. Just remember that you have a high degree of influence over how frustrating or how insulting other people are because you choose to give yourself permission to be frustrated, insulted, and otherwise offended by them. Okay. Here's a fun stoic-ish exercise. Okay. One second. Here's a fun stoic-ish exercise. Pick up a rock. Okay. Insult the rock. You cotton-headed ninny-muggins. See? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! I fought in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberries. Do it! Please do it! Throw out some of your most offensive stuff, words and phrases at the rock. Will you do it? Probably not. Probably not. Why will you avoid it? Probably because you think it's stupid to hurl insults at a rock. Yes, exactly, exactly. If a person gets a math problem wrong, does the math problem suffer? <laughs> okay. The reaction, nearly any reaction, rewards the insult. The cooler you are, possibly even a little confused at this person's mouth noises, the flatter the insult falls. To which you can calmly reply, huh, imagine if you knew what was actually wrong with me. Exerting any level of sophistication during a time where you strain to maintain your civility is, a, is the height of rational and constructive thinking and acting, actually. This is where you build your frustration tolerance. <laughs> your ability to deal with life's hassles so that you can get over these little humps and actually get to where you want to be. This is the continuum of influence, okay? This is how you sharpen your mind to chisel your body. Now, if you think another person can, if you think one person can offend another person, put down a one. If you think people interpret what other people do as offensive, put down a zero. Maybe you swapped between one and zero. Maybe you stuck to it and steadfast at the risk of being offensive or because you're offended. <laughs> Stay rational. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? 
head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>